0: Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast?
1: For the here and now, I want to start selling out Hall Stadium before we, we kind of jump ship off to the Aviva.
0: Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Hello, you're very welcome along to the GA Report. I'm Tommy Rooney from Off The Ball and over the next hour or so, I'll be bringing you through all the reaction from yet another brilliant weekend in the All-Ireland Senior Football and Hurling Championships. We're gonna start with the results and then we're gonna get into the reaction. It was a busy day of football. There were three games in the Leinster Senior Football Championship first round. Loud have beaten Carlow by five ten to ten points in Navin, and they'll go on to play Kildare in the Leinster quarter final. Division four Wexford caused an upset, beating Offaly at home by one hundred fifteen to one hundred twelve, and there was a sensational six point win for Wicklow and Ockram, beating Leash by five fifteen to four twelve. What a scoreline. It's into the Talchon Cup now for Carlo, Offaly and Leash. In the Connacht Senior Football Championship quarterfinal, Goaway defeated Mayo by a point, 114 16 in Mikhail Park and Castle Bar. Go away now go on to play Leitrim in the Connacht semi final, and on the other side of the draw in Connacht, Roscommon will play Sligo next weekend. Mayo enter the qualifiers. Up in Ulster, in Baddy Buffet, Donegal produced a brilliant performance to beat Armagh by 7 points, 116 to 12. And yesterday, Cavan emerged from Corrigan Park in Belfast with the win, beating Antrim by 120 to 10 points. And we'll be hearing from their coach Mickey Graham in a little while. Donegal and Cavan will go on to meet in the Ulster semi-final, whilst Armagh entered the All-Ireland qualifiers and Antrim are on their way into the Talchon Cup. In the hurling, we had round two of the Munster and Leinster round-robin games. Clare's electric first-half performance saw them beat Tip and Semple, 321 to 216. And yesterday, the All-Ireland champions Limerick resisted a late Waterford comeback, To beat them by 3 points. On a final score of 30 points to 221. In Leinster. Dublin bet Wexford by a single point. A huge win for them down in Chadwick's Park. That was 24 points to 23. Go away hammered Westmead. 337 to 117. A 26 point margin. While Kilkenny won by 23 points. Beating Leash by 234 to 114. You are listening to the GA Report right now in the OTB GAA podcast feed and over the next hour or so we're bringing you all the sounds and colour from our team of analysts and some of the best audio from the local radio stations up and down the country. Just hit subscribe right now on whatever platform you're listening to us on and we'll have you covered all week long with some top quality GA analysis, reaction and interviews. Let's get around the grounds and we're starting with the football. Ashton O'Reilly was in Castlebar for us today as GoAway got a massive championship win against Mayo. We'll hear from their manager Porrick Joyce and Paul Connery in a moment. But first, the full-time report.
2: Full-time here at McHale Park in Castlebar, it's Mayo 16 points, Galway one fourteen. It was level at halftime with Galway starting the strongest, but Mayo quickly found their rhythm and came into the game. Less than two minutes into the second half, James Carr opened the scoring to put Mayo ahead by one for the first time in the game. It was quickly cancelled out down the other end by Kira Malloy, who pointed from play to level things once more. Well, Mullen left the field to play after three minutes into the second half due to a hamstring injury. 11 minutes gone and a well-taken Shane Walsh, 45, put the tribesmen back in front. Substitute Killy McDay quickly added to that to put them two ahead. The tribesmen getting a lot of bodies back behind the ball, frustrating Mayo. Shane Walsh with a free-taking masterclass, kicking another two off the ground, giving the tribesmen all the momentum. Killian O'Connor propped over a free from out the field to get Mayo's second score of the second half, with 23 minutes gone on the clock. If to build any pressure as Galway pushed on to kick two more from play. Mayo showed life late into the second half with scores from Killian O'Connor and Kevin McLaughlin to put just one between them. But it's Galway who held on to win by a single point, beating Mayo for the first time since 2018. The full-time score, Mayo 16 points, Galway 114. Paul Conroy, unbelievable performance out there, a massive win here in McHale Park in Castlebar. It must be amazing to be able to beat Mayo at home.
3: Yeah, it is, in fairness. Um, it was like a an up-down game there. Um, probably didn't really get to the level we wanted in the first half. The black hair didn't help. But um, well, thankfully then in the second half, we in fairness, we showed good grit and... Um, the subs that come on made a massive difference, so it's great. Great, it's really hard to come up here and win, so it's gr- great to get it done today.
2: And the start was probably what was most important. You know, you scored. Well, I think it was one three, and they were still one point on the scoreboard at that point. That really spurred us on.
3: Yeah, it did. Um, but it's, I suppose kind of disappointing then that at half time we were we were level. So like you know, they obviously had their purple patches maybe for longer than we expected or wanted. But um, no, it's brilliant. Like it's, it's it's brilliant. And I suppose we were hanging on a bit there at the end, which was we were under a lot of pressure. But thankfully, um, thankfully we we held on and won by the point.
2: Um, Watching from the press box, the intensity on the pitch looked something else. What was it like for you out there?
3: Yeah, yeah, it was very intense now. In fairness, like Mayo are a savage teams, you know, mm. they've been top two in the top two for the last whatever you'd say 10 years. Like, so mm. you know, you need to get to their level of intensity, and if you don't, you're not going to be competitive with them. So, thankfully, we got to, we got to that today, and you know, we'll look forward to leading now in two weeks with Andy Moore and yeah, leading, leading absolutely. them.
2: Absolutely, I've seen him up there, he's watching, he's taking notes, so he is sitting up there in the press box. And so, it's the first time beating Mayo since 2018, it's pretty massive.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's, it was disappointing in the last couple of years. I suppose two years ago during COVID we played them in an empty pier stadium, and lost by a point and then went mm. on to win or lose in the other the final, but they won the semi final against Tips So like there's not in a lot of the times there's not, not big margins between us but um last year in fairness they were convinced I think it was six that was in it in the end. So um, yeah, it's really really good to, to get the win over them today.
2: And Boric Joyce, he's in his third season and he's finally got this big win that I suppose he's been looking for.
3: Yeah, yeah, and look, if we, you know, he deserves it. He's putting some work into us um, and, you know, there's no stone being left unturned and everything is there for us and it's just up to the players to go out and perform. So, delighted for him today now that we got, we got over the line.
2: And for you personally, um, you had some great scores there today. You kick six from play against common, You're really back in form. It's amazing to see after coming back from such injuries to play in the way you are at this moment is just amazing.
3: Yeah, yeah. I suppose I had three points of play I think today, but a couple of white as well, so I'll be <laughs> trying to improve on them. But um yeah, look, I'm enjoying my football at the minute and it's I suppose when you're you know when you're I suppose when you're playing well it's easier to enjoy. So yeah, as long as we can just keep it going and as I said we'll have to learn from today though. You know, there's a lot of stuff that wasn't up to scratch either, like and um as I said we look, look forward to two weeks' time now.
2: And it's pretty special day with all the fans out here giving them a good day.
3: Yeah, it was and I was disappointed in the league final, I suppose I know it's only league, but you know, a lot of fans come up to, to Croker to support us, disappointed losing that day, but um, thankfully today know they they have a good day.
2: Congratulations, Father. Yeah, well Thank you. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Well, it I'll be quick because I want. Right, okay. Yeah, Halloween. I want to let you into the dressing room to enjoy it because it's a massive occasion. To beat Mayo here in McHale Park in Castlebar, how does it feel?
4: Yeah, I know it feels good. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a massive victory for us, and it just it's a kind of quarterfinal at the end of the day. There's no silverware out of it, so we have to go now and get us prepared for a Connacht semi-final in two weeks' time, but look at it, it's great, I think the group, as a group we needed that victory, to be honest, After the last two years, so look at we'll take it all hands up, we'll enjoy it tonight and we'll get ready tomorrow for a semi-final.
2: And what was the game plan coming into the game, was it uh, for straight Mayo, get bodies behind the ball and break a pace, because that's really what it looked like out there.
4: Well, if that's what it looked like, that's what it was, yeah.
2: <laughs> you did
4: pretty well. Yeah, look, we did, look, we've conceded a lot of scores in the last couple of games, but again, we've been working on this, this setup for a while. But again, it's just, it's like any game you play, you try and make it really hard for your opposition to score. And we have been conceding a lot of scores, um, chances as such, like, you know, in the last couple of games, so mm-hmm. really tightened up. And it's credit to the players, actually. They worked really, really hard. It's fine having a system, but until the lads worked the system and Put their shoulders at the wheel and really go to the well, really dig deep and really be out of energy at the end, which they were, it's not going to work. But two men, they were brilliant. I couldn't fault any them. They just put their cause towards goal of football. I'm very, very proud to be involved with them.
2: And in midfield, Paul Conroy, you had Shane Walsh kicking massive freeze. It was just unbelievable.
4: Yeah, and in fairness to Paul, like he's. A regular statesman of the team as such but he's been fantastic like he just his, his energy and his just experience to get forward to kick scores was brilliant and in fairness to Shane he kicked three brilliant frees there and as I said to someone earlier on there like normally this the second third free like you, you'd be doubted that they wouldn't get three in a row from the same spot but he hit them brilliantly uh, brilliant free taker so look at him. Delighted for him and obviously delighted for Damien Comer as well, That he's, he's had a couple, tough couple of years where he's been niggling with hamstrings and hasn't got a proper run of stuff but he's had a great run this year, has, uh, kept his body in great shape, got in great shape and he was outstanding today for us, I thought he was the key difference today in the two teams to be honest.
2: And it's the first time that Galway have bet my O oh, since 2018, the first uh, for you as a manager, how does it fare out between being a player and a manager?
4: I much prefer to be a player to be honest because all you have to do that's as a player cool. yeah, as a player you have to just worry about yourself so <laughs> as a manager you have to worry about the 36 and then the 15 of the backroom team which whatever's whatever's So, there but look I enjoyed it it's spoiling it's today is one of the good days we'll take it but again look at we're getting pats in the back today but we might get a kick somewhere else, kick somewhere else in a couple of weeks time if we don't go and win the of Championship so look at we know where we're at um, it's great to win it and we'll get ready for the semi-final in two weeks time
2: and lastly just the fans supporters out there it was nice to see them all run out onto the pitch they got a great day
4: yeah, they did, and in fairness, like Galway had a great support. I, I, I thought we'd be outnumbered three or four to one, but in fairness, we had a good number there from Galway, and um, it's great. and got, there's, there's, there's brilliant supporters in Galway, you know, they, they expect a lot, uh, which is no harm either, um, that they want to be up there all the time competing. So look at today's just one victory, one step on the ladder, so we'll see where we go, and hopefully, they'll be out again in Galway in two weeks' time, ready for semi final. Brilliant, Pork,
2: thank, thank you. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Galway boss Pork Joyce there with Ashley and O'Reilly. Galway now have Leitrim next in the Connacht semi-finals, whilst Mayo are on the way into the qualifiers. Today was the first time that James Horne lost a championship match to Galway, as Mayo manager.
5: About 15 minutes in the second half, we went we went flat again. So um, you can't you can't do that against a good team like Galway, and hope to hope to win it. Um, but but having said that, we had we, we, we had 17 chances in the second half, and we, we kicked seven of them. So you're not going to win anything with that either. So so look, look, we 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 got what we deserved today, unfortunately
6: third quarter was tough um, you know I think it was the first and 22nd minute with the scores and losing O'Shea Mullen in that period as well it just seemed to take the wind
7: out
5: of the sails a bit yeah d- definitely yeah I think it did yeah it, it went a bit flat and, and um, uh, we, we were struggling definitely to, to generate anything during that period I think Lee kicked a point to get us going and we took off from there again but there are the things we're trying to we're trying to cut out of the game, regardless of what happens. Trying to keep going at a, at a, at a certain certain level, so we, we just didn't do that for long enough today, and and got our got the result, unfortunately. Do
8: you know yet
6: how bad that injury is? It's
5: probably very early. No, he, he's wrapped up wrapped up in their, um Scan tomorrow, and we'll we'll see where it is. And
6: qualifier next, James. But it's not unknown to
2: these this
5: these, this team and these players. Yeah, it's look, it's it's um, I suppose previous years we might have had the chance that we will have this year, so we, we could afford six weeks. So. We'll certainly um, stick together and be strong, and and, and we'll, we'll we'll work hard to, to try and be in better shape for for the next game. And, and
2: James, the likes, the go six
9: ahead. Weeks, um, instead of two weeks, you'd be playing Leitrim if you'd won today. A six week layoff. How are you going to approach that? Are you going to give lads a week
5: off, or what's the mindset? Are there, there be yeah, we'll, we'll we'll meet next Friday, but we've a lot of guys that have very little work done, you, you know, from injuries, uh, etc. So it'll be a great chance to to get a lot of guys. Um, Get them up to the, get them up to the level that they can get to so so we'll, we'll use that wisely but 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 we'll just take a break and um just reflect a, a little bit on today and and we'll, we'll we'll fire up again next friday and how's paddy Jackins injury uh, paddy's good he was he, he was um um i he'd be very close in the next week or so to to, to full training
10: is the total of injuries just too much at the moment james You've given the level of the quality
4: of the player you're missing no teams Want to
5: really be able to cope with that? Yeah, it's, not, it's it's far from ideal. We we have a lot of players that had very little work done in in the last three weeks. I suppose just just getting them back to um to, to a level where, where where they can compete. So so it's far from ideal. Yeah, and and you know you have a lot of modified sessions or whatever. But we 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 have a strong panel, and we you know you know we give a lot of fellas during the league game time and and. Um, you know, for for that reason, there's always going to be a nutrition rate in in, in Gaelic football, particularly particularly with with the travel and everything that we had this year. So, so um, th- it is what it is, but it's not ideal f- for sure.
1: The rivalry between Galway and Mayo has been fantastic over the years, but your first defeat as a manager to Galway does it add a, another layer of pain to it?
5: All right, any any defeat is any defeat is tough. Um, yeah, and the manner of defeat t- too can be can can, can be tough, but. But it, it, it's done, we, we, we'll take what we'll take we can from it and try and figure, figure some more stuff out. We need to move on straight away, so that's, that's just the way it is.
2: Colin Boyle, we're here in McHale Park in Castle Bar. The full-time score was Galway 114, Mayo 16 points. It's Galway that come away with a one-point victory. It really is just a massive win for them.
7: Oh, it is, you have to say, and it's a deserved victory too. they were the better team. Got off to a good start Obviously got the early goal With Johnny Heaney After about seven minutes May have recovered well You'd have to say Finished the first half Stronger Looked to be in a really good position coming in at half-time. Slight breeze at the back for the second half, but really found it hard to navigate through that Galway defence in the second half. I think they only scored two points for the first half an hour of the game, and really Galway took their chances up the other end. You like to shame watch with three sensational points outside the 45. Um, Paul Conroy chipping in with a couple of points as well, and look, at they were, just, they were the better team in the second half, there's no doubt about it.
2: And as you said, that start for Galway was the difference really. They just came out of the blocks, all guns blazing, and they got that 1-3 within the first 10 minutes or so, and Mayo were finding it hard to get on the scoreboard
7: there were and there was so much space in that goal full forward line like literally that's exactly how poor Joyce would have planned it getting loads load of bodies at the back for straight and mayo and then hitting them on the, the counter attack often they 13-14 behind the ball and there was literally one player inside their half either watch Comer or Robert, or Robert Finerty, just left up front in their own the tactics worked really well for them you'd have to say it was probably surprising that they actually didn't kick it even more in that first half because there was so much space on at half-time, I actually thought that James Horn would be the happier manager, especially considering the fact that Galway, the start rather, that Galway got, especially with that goal that we talked about. they gone a couple of points up. Mayo responded really well. There was obviously a black card there in the first half of Finney and O'Leary, so Galway played for about 10 minutes with 14 men. But Mayo looked like they were finding their groove and that they were finding holes in that Galway defence and kicked some really good scores. And that's why it's so surprising that they came with that flat performance and kicked some you'd have to say erratic wides there in the second half and you know when that started happening things got, started to get nervy around here and you could feel it next thing Galway got in front them them three points on Shane Watch. I think they just lifted the whole place I think the Galway supporters around us Ashley they could feel something was happening here today, this was gonna be their day and the energy just transpired onto the pitch and you'd have to say, you know, that go that Mayo finish, it looked like it was going to be a really comfortable finish for Galway. That Mayo finish kinda of came from nowhere. You know, Lee Keegan kicks a score from outside the right there and suddenly Mayo are all over Galway and doing stuff that they weren't able to do for the first thirty minutes of that second half. Unfortunately for Mayo it just came too late.
2: And just bringing it back to that first half, they did find their rhythm late in that first half, but they had only kicked scores really from freeze. They got their first score from play. It was 20 minutes gone on the clock, and that's very unlike Mayo.
7: It is, yeah and it, like I said, it took, it took their while, and once, but once they did find the rhythm, I think they were a bit shocked by the Galway starts, which is surprising, like they surely would have had to have talked about it and planned for, it. like Galway we were always come out, going to come out flying at Mayo today, uh, they'd no choice, they had to, and it's, it's surprising that Mayo didn't resist that a small bit better, and they did, they looked a bit nervy, there's no doubt about it but then for the last 15-20 minutes and probably after Galway got that black card Mayo looked really really good and kicked some great scores Ryan O'Donoghue looked really sharp up front I think he got three points in the in the first half two from play and, and one mark James Carr looked really sharp he was taking on Jack Lynn every time he got the ball kicked one sensational point just before half time there was a big moment just before half time I thought Mayo were level half time whistle was just about to come and Jay Dock, uh, sorry, Jason Doherty gets a, a goal chance and a Liam Silk makes a great block if that goal chance goes in Mayo go in three up after playing against a strong wind it could have been a different game but look at unfortunately from a Mayo point of view it didn't brilliant for for a Galway point of view but look at even at the start of the second half James Carr puts puts Mayo a point up you know like I said again breeze at your back and you're thinking Mayo if they get their groove here could end up winning this by 4 or 5 but it just never materialised
2: yeah, as you said, they went in level at half time, and you would think that James weren't at that point would have been happy enough. As you said, James Kerr kicked the next score, but then Usheen Mullen. This was the big blow. It only came about three minutes into the second half that he went off with a hamstring injury.
7: Yeah, and I think it was literally just after James Kerr actually scored that point, and it literally just seemed to suck the life out of the crowd. There was a big. Uh, gasp of air you know ocean was running forward, and you could see you know when you're running like that and the hammer pulls up it's obviously it's obviously a nasty one um so unfortunately he could be out for the foreseeable, but yeah it did it took the life out of the crowd i still don't think that if you know should have cont- contri- con sorry contributed to the downfall as much as it did. I, th- I think it was more than that. I think just our, our shooting, like Maddie Ruan who's normally so reliable, a couple of scores there where he'd normally uh, score with his eyes closed, just wasn't happening for him today. And there was a number of Na- Mayo Ma- Ma- players in that same boat. Couldn't get Ryan O'Donoghue in the ball there in the second half as well. I think that was a big thing. Then impact the space he was finding in the first half. I think Galway were blocking them up a lot better in the second half. And we could not get him. It was literally just the end of the game. We saw him kicking a score out in the right. I think that was his fourth from play. You know, we hadn't seen him up into that because literally we, we just couldn't find them, the spaces weren't there, and I suppose the same goes for a lot of the Mayo fours. But there was kind of a couple of half goal chances, a couple of you know, from a Mayo point of view. If you're thinking, what if you know, especially they, they turn Johnny Daly over from a kick out, Ryan Adorno picks up the ball and he just needs to slip it away from Ryan to Aiden to Norm who's on his right hand side, who's one on one with Conor Gleeson But he can't get the pass away, he's fouled, and, and Mayo get the free, you know, small little things like that. But look at it from that's Nick, nitpicking from a Mayo point of view, Galway, like I said. I think they, they're only seven wides compared to Mayo's 15. So look, at you have to say they took their chances and they deservedly win the game.
2: And I asked Borg Joyce there about the game plan coming into into today's game. And what was it? I said that it looked like, get all the bodies back, frustrate Mayo, get in their heads. And he said, well, if it looked like that, that's what it was. <laughs> and I said, well, you did it well. And that's exactly what they wanted to go out and do today because they did frustrate them.
7: Uh, they did frustrate them, and, and you know it's funny because that's probably a tactic that Park Watch would have been, or sorry, Park Joyce would have been critical of Kevin Watch in the past for playing over defensive football. But look, at, I, I don't think anyone's in doubt today that, that was the way Galway we were going to play. Um, so Mayo would have planned for that; they would have been prepared for it. There would have been no surprise with them that they were going to bring that to them today. The only surprise might be how. Mayo didn't deal with it there in the second half and just didn't get the scores, keep that that scoreboard ticking over. They were running into traffic a lot, they were getting turned over and every time you could feel that in the crowd, the energy was building every time they turned Mayo over and especially if it finished with a a Galway point up there so I don't think the tactics from from Park Joyce today was over, you know, surprising I don't think it was ever a case that he was trying to go head to head with Mayo like he did last year in Crow Park. He was obviously going to change it up and try something different and he did and you'd have to say it definitely worked for him.
2: And Paul Conroy from midfield for Galway, we have to mention him. He's been unbelievable for them to come back from the injuries that he's had, the journey that he's had to be out there. I think he's 33 now and he's kicking points for fun. He kicked six points against Roscommon. He got two or three out there today. He's been exceptional.
7: Yeah, and look at you have to say he had a massive battle with Aiden O'Shea there in the first half. I thought Aiden actually got the better of and even for the better for for the first ten or fifteen minutes. But there's something about Paul Conrad, he just comes at the end of moves. He nearly ghosts in. I think he actually had five or six shots today. Today, I think he scored three. You know, which is a huge return for a midfielder. Um, just popping up in vital moments. I think he, he got them two. Just when Mayo were kind of coming back into the game, and it just kept Mayo at arms length at each stage. But again, he was just ghosting into pockets, nearly coming in unpicked up. And you have to say, his, his accuracy is, is very impressive. So, look, and he was a huge player. When Mayo were coming into this game, they would have talked about Comer, Walsh and, and, and Conroy as the three main players. Unfortunately, the, the three players for Galway you know, had, had very good games and Conray, or Paul Conroy probably had the best of them.
2: Yeah, they really stepped up and Shane Walsh, we'll have to mention him. I think the, the changing of the game and really, if he didn't get those scores, it could have been different. You know, he got those 45s off the ground three in a row is just amazing
7: yeah it is and look at uh, we're talking there like we didn't do everything right they weren't exceptional by any means but they just took their chances and like them three points from Shane Watch literally from the 45 a couple of them just out the 45 he nearly hit them all the same way like you know just chipped them up into the air the third one hits in off the post and the lift again that gave the crowd and I'm sure the lift that would have given his players on the team because Mayo were on top at that stage but they couldn't punish put the scores on the scoreboard and then Galway come down the end and get scores like that it just literally takes the energy out of Mayo gives so much energy to the Galway players super scores and you have to say probably had a generally quite enough game I'd say from play but them scores you know would, would just lift the team at crucial scores Damon Comer fought very hard as well won a lot of dirty ball looked very dangerous any time he did get on the ball especially in the first half so you'd have to say the three boys at Mayo would have gone out to kind of ne- take down in the, at the start of the game it just didn't happen
2: and for Mayo then what is next you know this is a really tough one to take I spoke to James Horne there and he looks hurt you know being in that dressing room seeing the lads how upset they would be after losing to Galway here in McHale Park
7: ah yeah he'll be hurt the the Mayo players will be hurting too there's no doubt about that Um, what's next is the qualifiers to put it very simply Um, from what I believe it's five weeks so it is a, a long time which might be a good thing you know couple of boys obviously picked up injuries Oshie Mullins doesn't look great there today Got uh, you know don't know when we're going to see him again but might give the chance of, likes of Paddy Durkin to get back um, obviously that game for Killing should bring him on but look at the, I suppose he can't doctor it up Mayo not in a great place at the minute um, they're out of the Connacht Championship quarter final stage after getting beaten by their biggest uh, uh, rivals Galway at home so look at they're not in a great place it's it's going to take a bit of recovering but I've no doubt James will, will bring them together and um, towards the end of the week and try and get back, things back up and running for the for the qualifiers. The thing about the qualifiers this year is, is you have two games to, to get to a quarterfinal, but they're going to be two tough games. You know, there's absolutely no guarantees.
2: Yeah, they definitely did look a bit out of sync. than The normal Mayo we'd be used to seeing. You know, passes were going astray. They were getting bottled up quite a lot. And as we were speaking to James, he said that, you know, there's been a lot of injuries. We haven't really been able to have that intensity of training. And that's a tough thing to do, to come in against a Galway team that looked like they were raring to go. Yeah,
7: they were raring to go. And I think, look at it it might mean much to the supporters but I think it's important that Mayo finished the game well there you know they were 6 points down on the 33rd minute that could have easily gone to seven, eight, nine points and the game just look, It looks like a hammer but they really fought back they showed I suppose that Mayo spirit that we're kind of used to over the last couple of years and they even had a shot there at the end Aidan to to level the game you know, a lot of people say, you know, was it the right shot to take on? You know, it was three minutes into injury time. Could have maybe recycled it. It was a tough shot under pressure, running away from goal. It was probably going to be the only shot that Mayo took. But look, you have to give him credit. He took on the shot, just went to the left of the post. And, um, unfortunately not, not, not to be for Mayo. But look, if we go back to it, Ashley. And I think. I don't think Galway are exceptional by any means I think they you know they have a good bit of work to do as well going forward but I think today they were just they wanted that bit Mayo, mayo for Mayo and the game plan they had just set the stall out from the start and it got them over the line
2: and for the players for James for you for supporters how much does it hurt to lose to Galway ah yeah
7: it does you know you can't doctor it off it does but look at no one will be hurting more than the players I can guarantee you that and supporters Mayo supporters that go home here you know, frustrated, and you know, they'll have their own view on things. But believe me, no one is hurt more than the players right now. I flip the other side of that. There's no one more ecstatic than the the guy dressing room right now, I'm sure. You know, but for Park Joyce and for Keane O'Neill, I'm sure they'll be talking about, you know, it's not good enough just to beat Mayo. You need to go on now and do bigger and better things. And I'm sure that's going to be their, their aim for the rest of the championship.
2: And for you being back here, Colm, in McHale Park, how was that sitting up in the press box? A little bit different? Yeah,
7: very different. Yeah, yeah, extremely different. Um, the league was fine. Certainly, but when you come here to Championship, it's uh, yeah, when you walked out in here and you seen that pitch, the shape it was in, the crowd that was here today, unbelievable, great atmosphere. Um, fortunately, didn't finish on the right side of the result, but yeah, enjoyed it all the same.
2: And you're still playing a bit of football yourself?
7: Yeah, still going to our club, yeah, so things just get back up and running at Mayo at the minute, kind of playing divisional cups and pre season tournaments, yeah, so our league is not starting to June, so yeah, something to look forward to for the summer.
2: And there is hope for this Mayo team, of course, there is. I'll go into the qualifiers now, you know, I don't think we've seen the best of them yet.
7: Uh, there is hope absolutely look I think this is a wide open championship and look people will absolutely be writing Mayo off tonight there's absolutely no doubt about it and we'll be completely written off and not a chance given for the rest of the championship literally, Mayo literally have to bring it together try and regroup as best they can and literally have to take it one game at a time like I said the qualifiers this year it's two games to get back to a quarter final if you do get back there, you literally don't know who you could be playing. It could be a Kerry, a Dublin, a, a Tyrone, or look at that, could be your fate. It could be a Galway or Roscommon. You just don't know. That's Mayo's fate from now, but they have to try and get there. That's the thing. Okay, if they do get there, you know what I mean. They're back in it and back with a chance because they do think, like I said earlier on, that it is a an open championship. And if you did get a maybe a Kerry in a quarter final, you know maybe that's the time to get them. You don't know, but look at that's miles away from Mayo at the minute. That's the, the least of their worries. It's. Getting things together, getting a few boys back from injuries, and try and get four really good weeks of training in, uh, which is kind of unusual in a, in a short championship that they're going to get this back. But hey, look, at, we might be talking a couple of months time that that four weeks was the making of them. We'll see.
2: Brilliant, Colin. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Now, Monday morning in the OTBGA feed, you're going to get the post-match thoughts of Galway boss Kevin Walsh is joining Geron Owen on OTBAM from about nine o'clock in the morning, and the hurling pod with James Skell, Paul Murphy, and Will O'Callaghan. We'll be in the OTBGA podcast feed from about 6 o'clock or so. Tomorrow night's Off the Ball is going to cover the hurling and the football from the weekend. And on Tuesday morning at 6am, you'll get the latest episode of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. We had two big games in Ulster this weekend. Highland Radio caught up with Donegal Declan Bonner for a chat after their brilliant 7-point win against Armagh. Let's have a listen to what he had to say.
8: I'm joined here by Declan Boehner, we're walking and talking after the match here. Declan, uh, an emphatic 1-16 to 12-point victory over Armagh and McCool Park. How did you see it?
11: No, exactly Ryan. Right. I thought it was a good performance. I thought we, we started the game extremely well, you know, first half 9-6. We probably could have been more up at half time. and uh, missed a number of opportunities. But, you know, we didn't have to change too much the second half. We kind of knew Armagh would come at us and they did start the second half. And once we weathered that, I thought it was a good controlled performance, second half.
8: You had your big men back around the middle of the field: Michael Langan Kieran Thompson, Jason McGee, and Hugh McFadden, and they gave you a great platform on our kickouts Kickers. They stole eight of their fourteen in the first half. You must have been delighted with that.
11: No, exactly, yeah. And uh, it was, you know, it's great to get those guys back. You know, Michael Langan missed an awful lot of football, and uh, you know, Jason has picked up another injury over the past number no of years. They thought he was uh, excellent out there today. It's great to get Keelan McGonagall back on the pitch, also. So, yeah, no, all in all, it's a pleasing afternoon. Great to be back in Championship football, McCool Park with a full, full crowd, and uh, the sun, the sun Shining. So, yeah, no, a good afternoon for us, but we move on now, Ryan, as we get ready for the, 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 um, the semi-final.
8: You must have been delighted with the game management in the second half because you didn't let Armagh get back within uh, a score.
11: No, exactly. We, oh, I thought it was very, very good. I thought the lads, and there's a lot of experience out there. I know there's a lot of uh, uh, young lads too coming through, but a lot of experience within the group, and uh, you know, I thought we managed the game extremely well.
8: Yeah. Jason McGee did go off with an injury. Is there any update on that at the moment? I'm
11: not too sure, Ryan. I'm going to have to go back, and I haven't even seen the players yet, so I'm going to go and see exactly what's, what the uh, nature of the injury. Hopefully, it's not too serious, that he's okay for the semi-final.
8: And just finally, did you get a look at Calvin against Antrim yesterday, and what do you expect from that big Ulster semi-final? Yeah, no, I didn't either watch the game yesterday. I thought
11: Calvin was very impressive I mean they should have been out of sight at half time and uh, you know the second half they just uh, tore our our anthem to shreds and uh, you know there's a really controlled performance from Cavan, so we know it's going to be another big
0: match for us and uh, we got up it again and let's hear from Cavan boss Mickey Graham he was chatting to Mickey Brennan of Northern Sound after their resounding win in Antrim
6: joined now by Mickey Graham Cavan manager Um, Mickey I suppose come up here there was all this talk about Corrigan Park and the whole lot your lads had a job to do they went out and did it
12: yeah, exactly. Um, we just blocked that out of our mind. We used it kind of more as of a motivation factor than anything else. You know, we were probably dragged through the media there for a few weeks when they had nothing else to write about. But, uh, you know, to us, we wanted to just come up and prove it didn't matter where it was. If you played to honest, with you, just we wanted to put in a performance.
6: You were playing against a, an extremely tough breeze in that first half, and your lads went in seven points to uh, six up at half time and left a lot of scores in that first half. But the wind, we saw it in the second half with Antrim as well, that was a really Tough win to play against. It was, Mickey, yeah, it was.
12: Uh, I don't think people realise that, but we created some great chances against that win. We didn't take them, we were a wee bit frustrated, but you know, at half time, we couldn't really give fault to the lads. You know, they were doing an awful lot right, probably just our execution. And I just said, if we tidy that up the second half, you know, things will happen, and that's exactly the way it panned it.
6: Yeah exactly the way it panned out Second half You know blistering stuff there From, from, from the Cavan lads Some brilliant uh, attacking And some brilliant defence as well But the scores came on the board The wind assistance uh, for, for them in the second half um, And they just started to get into their pump really Yeah look once we got a bit of momentum
12: going And we were winning a clean ball around the middle of the field you were, Lads we all wanted to get a piece of the action And that can happen sometimes But you know we know that there's bigger challenges Like ahead now to be honest
6: Mickey, you were as per programme. It's very rare that that happens these days at any team. But that just shows you that, you you know, you you had what you would perceive probably as your best starting 15 available but there's plenty of lads coming back in and the squad is getting stronger as the weeks go on
12: it is getting stronger we're starting to get a couple of more bodies back next week too so you know and uh, that'll
6: just only help and drive everybody on yeah Kieran Brady and Martin Riley back into the uh, squad and both of them getting some game time absolutely brilliant to see that as well and Kieran Brady obviously coming back from that horrific uh, knee injury from last year great to see him back at the panel yeah great to see him back he's a real
12: leader to the team you know he's a great fella to have around uh, the, the the, the squad, and even when he was injured, you know he was always a great motivator, and just great to see him back playing after that injury that he had. Yeah,
6: and finally, Oshin Kiernan I suppose, is probably the only player that, you know, was front, that would be part of the, the the panel, I suppose, that's injured at the moment. Didn't make the 26 today. When will we be seeing him, or how's yeah, his injury he, coming along?
12: He, he, we could have took a chance on him today, but uh, no, he'll be back training now. Trained with us during the week, but we felt this game just came too soon for him.
0: Carlo, Leish, and Wicklow were all dumped out of the Leinster Senior Football Championship today and they entered the Talchin Cup. Offaly boss John Mohan spoke to Midlands 103 about their poor performance in Wexford and the struggles they've had with injuries in recent weeks.
13: Look, I knew it was going to be tough down here today, particularly when we uh, got a few um, body blows last week with injuries and what have you. I knew uh, we were thin on the ground and yet I thought we'd have enough. We'd have enough experience and guy and know how. Uh, to get over um, a Wexford team that play a very, very defensive style of uh, of play and uh, a very good counter-attacking team. and uh, We weren't happy with our performance, no question about that. I think um, you know, on another occasion, if we had one or two more of our more experienced players, that's a game we would certainly have won. But we've got to take it on the chin. We just weren't good enough. Wexford were better than us on the day. I
14: suppose playing with the Breeze in the first half and only a pint up at halftime
13: very frustrating. Very, very frustrating. I think we, I created one more chance, really, which is not good enough. You know, We didn't have a real focal point inside of the edge of the square, you know, that's where the likes of a item Mac to me, the guiding experience of him, would have been invaluable. But uh, no, point up playing with uh, that was a four or five point uh, breeze. Um, you would expect it to, uh, to have been more up. We needed to be at least four or five up. But. Uh, we didn't, and yet um, we went four up at the start of the second half and uh, but some of our turnovers were crazy. we get the ball back to the opposition so easily. Stupid mistakes. I know it's difficult out there, very, very difficult pitch to play in because of the wind and one thing or another, but um, our turnovers, i say, were, were a lot higher than Wexford's.
14: I suppose in the first half, we were just touching it, when Wexford had the ball out around the middle and were holding the balls. We seemed to have two or three men deep and not pushing up enough, and I saw you once coming off the bench. That must be frustrating if lads are back marking space rather than fellas.
13: Brian, I mean, it's not that, that we don't talk about this on such a regular basis. Like I mean, and that was certainly what you just said. There is absolutely true. Guys just have a tendency to drift, drift off, and fall back. And uh, yeah something that uh, was a really, really you know, was frustrating there today. But uh, it is what it is, Brian. Um, the bottom line: it's been a bad week for for Offaly. Uh, you know, with the 20s and ourselves being beaten and. Uh, we would hope that our, our season doesn't end with uh, this negative feeling that we have right now and that we'll pick it up for the Torch and Cup, whether it's four weeks or five weeks' time. We'll give the lads a week or ten days off and uh, hopefully come back refreshed and maybe re energised. Let's have a go and try and finish out the season on a positive note.
14: I suppose when we were four points up in the second half, Wexford got it back to two or three, and then ball being brought up for maybe question referee's decision. You know, there are silly, silly things at this level.
13: Absolutely. I mean, I can understand the element of frustration. Uh, we felt we weren't getting there. Uh, the, you know, those marginal calls were going certainly going Wexford's way, hometowns, decisions, that kind of stuff. You know all about that yourself. But look at, uh, um that's very, very frustrating. A lack of discipline from experienced players. Um, just uh, make it easy, easy for the opposition. And yeah, that's, look at, that's just one of a myriad of things that went awry for us today. I suppose,
14: is, how difficult will it be to pick these lads up now for the Tottenham Cup? Or what is the, Obviously the mood is
13: disastrous here in the Dresden, but what is the plan going forward, do you reckon, after today's defeat? Oh, it would be, be very, very disappointing if, they, if those lads who love their county and love wearing the, that jersey, like, I mean, they didn't come here to, to lose today. Um, you would hope that they would restore a bit of pride in it with a, a few quality performances in the Tottenham Cup. Um, and our plan would be, to, as I said, to take a week or eight or nine days off, get them back to the clubs, and come back, re-energise and refocus, and let's see who we get in the Totten Cup and have a have a go and at it and uh, try and win the right thing. That's what we would be hoping to do. But uh, I would hope that um, some of our injury situations would, would tidy up there as well. We had a, we've had a, a, a quite, you know, who they are. We've had an awful lot of that and. Uh, just bad luck, a combination of bad luck. But
14: I suppose it would have been nice to have the Dubs coming to Tullamore next Saturday night, and that hasn't happened.
13: Oh, geez, that's a that's a, a sicker, like I mean, for the town and yeah. for the business people of, of of Tullamore as well as having a crack of the Dubs. That was the prize out of today, and it's uh, really really disappointing night. I'm sure all those uh, public houses and restaurants and. Uh, and hotels in, uh, in in Tunnelmore will be cursing me. a
14: few sponsors now. <laughs> they'll they'll,
13: be, they'll be cursing, uh, and me and the offaly team there this afternoon, and understandably so.
14: You mentioned injuries. Just can you update everyone on maybe how long they are or what type of injuries the lads
13: have? We know there's about five. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Jack Bryant is out for the last seven or eight weeks with a hamstring strain. Um, it's the, one of the longest in history. Uh, Neil McDomie, Rory McDomie, hamstrings. James Lawler played today, and uh, our medical team t- told us that he wasn't fit to play uh, a full game. That is, he's a, a, a tendonitis problem. John Furlong uh, did the warm-up. Um, we had planned on using him today. Did the warm-up, and uh, that groin st- uh, strain that he has for the last six, seven months since in the 20 campaign flared up again. He's really, really sore. Keith O'Neill um, tore a calf muscle um, last uh, Thursday night. Khal um, Donohue is um, waiting to go for a scan on a, knee, on a knee injury. We don't know how serious it is. Is it a dislocated kneecap or is it an ACL cruciate ligament tear? So,
14: column
13: Colum dial after 15 minutes. Yeah, but he's, he was on the table there a few minutes ago. A, a very bad ankle sprain. So, it's just been absolutely uh, very very frustrating, chaotic, and we were in the last week we were even we were afraid to train in case another one down and. Chubby or Ian Duffy or sub goalkeeper Torres Groin on, on Thursday night, just to
0: add to the tale of all. To the hurling, Stephen Gleason and Tommy Walsh were on reporting duty today for Off the Ball in Semple Stadium as Claire bet Tipperary. A statement performance. Before we hear from the banner boss Brian Lohan and tip boss Colin Bonner, here's Stephen Gleason on the full time whistle. Three first half goals
15: from Clare was enough to see off Tipperary here in this game as they beat the home side 321 to 216 at FBD Simple Stadium. The first half goals were courtesy of Ian Galvin and Peter Duggan before the third arrived from the penalty spot after Tony Kelly fired a bullet to the back of the net after Peter Duggan was fouled on the way through. Mikey Breen and Ger Brown alongside Jason Ford hit good scores for Tipperary with a sideline from Ford approaching half time bringing them back into the game but Shane O'Donnell added another before the break for the Bannermen to leave them ahead 3 to 7 points at half time. On the restart, Colin Bonner's side just got more into the game with Ger Brown soloing straight through the heart of the defence and firing a rocket in past the Clare keeper but it did take 12 minutes for the next tip score which was another goal after a speculative effort dropped in from Barry Heffernan straight in just past the goalkeeper and that really gave tip some hope in this game but that really was as good as it got because Clare just put the foot down after that Peter Duggan with scores Tony Kelly with scores John Conlon pulling the strings at centre back Clare full value for the win here at FBD Simple Stadium they saw it out 3 goals and 21 points to Tipperary's 2 goals and 16 points Clare are back here next Sunday to take on Cork Tip will travel to the Gaelic grounds to meet Limerick here in Torless though Clare the winners here this afternoon 321 to
16: 216 I well, sure look delighted with the win um, uh, delighted to get um, to get you know a win down here it's a hard place to come um, and oh, delighted with um with our display, particularly in the first half, I suppose, there's loads of um, loads of errors that we made in the second half. But um, in the first half, you know, we were we were good.
15: Those three goals, really, they were the the key moves in the match, and you got them early in the game, and then kept Tip at a distance.
16: Yeah, kind of kept him uh, kept them at arms length. Um, um, you know, I suppose you know they were real tonics for us, like when when when, when they came. So we're um, delighted with it, Jeff. Yeah.
15: Yeah, and uh, like you had Peter Duggan up there as a real target man, and like Tip found it hard to handle him up there because he was really on fire.
16: Yeah, look, he's an um, exceptionally skillful player. Um, so, very good um, very good with his hands and uh, very good with his hurley as well. Like, so, you know, anytime a ball is coming, he's. He's he's almost odds on to um, to get a touch in it, whatever. about win the clean like, but he's 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 very good to get a touch in it.
15: Yeah, like the work rate that you've got out of this team is uh, it was shown there from right from the off, and you seem to outwork tip in a lot of sectors. What do you put that down to? Just that uh, effort?
16: That is good, good, good bunch of guys. Like good, um, good spirit in the team. Um, they work hard. You know they've been working hard all year. Like um, sometimes you don't get them. Um, uh, you, you you don't get um, i suppose the the plaudits for 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 working hard but um uh, the team has been really working hard um, for the last um, for the last while like that you know those performances wins don't just happen like you know you have to have a bit of work done so we had we we knew we knew we we felt we had a bit bit of work done um so, yeah, just a light up to me.
15: Did you feel Tip were going to claw their way back into that game in the second half? Or, you know, what were your thoughts there with about 15 to go when it it started to get a bit closer?
16: I suppose we needed a couple of scores, like, and um, there was a period of, I think we, we struck three in a row, like, and, and that made a big difference, you know, just um, just to give us a bit of breathing space um, there for the last 10 or, or, or 15 minutes. But, you know, I suppose if you were looking at it clinically, we... we 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 didn't protect the the lead as as well as we could have um, so we'd have to improve on that
15: yeah and like uh, you're nicely set up you've Cork next but that's a different story I suppose Cork loved Turles much like Clare this year as well
16: yeah well look um, yeah Cork do love Turles like and um, you know Cork are good you, you know good team like um, serious pace all over the field like so um, yeah, that's another big challenge for us
15: do you feel this year has uh, you know a good chance for Clare this early season to come in second with all the other games played did uh, the turnaround for tip do you think that affected their performance there in terms of work rate and things
16: uh, I don't know now. I don't know they, I suppose the worry that we had coming into it was that they were going to get a jump in us at the start you know that was, that was the fear that you know they were up to the pace of monster championship and I suppose we, we put a lot of focus on that. that um, uh, we, we were hoping that they wouldn't get a jump on us and that we wouldn't be chasing the game. Um, uh, so, you know, it that worked out in our favour.
15: Any injuries after
16: it? Yeah, a couple of injuries, yeah. So we'll just get working on those.
15: Yeah, so Brian, it's next week, your quick turnaround, isn't it? How do you find that?
16: Quick turnaround, yeah. So we'll. I, I don't mind the quick turnaround turn so long as everyone is in the same boat, like, and everyone is in the same boat. So um, you know, you, you 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 get your you get your games and then you get your break. And I think every every team has two matches, then a break, and then two matches. So it's it's um, it's the same for everyone.
9: The Clare, Clare were, were full value for what they done there today. Um, just like Waterford, uh, we had a target and they back for maybe six, seven weeks. We were able to tune in on them, and I suppose Clare, we had they had their tar- We we were their target for six or seven weeks. They were able to tune in. In what and what we were about. They probably saw us against what in, in Walsh Park. But yeah, they came at us hundred miles an hour and um yeah it's just it's just disappointing that we put we that we left ourselves so much to do at halftime and even though we came out and and, and fought hard and maybe scored 2-9 you know, with the breeze uh, we scored a quick goal to start of the second half and for a a team like, you know, a young team we need to build momentum and we have maybe three or four pint chances and before you know it it's back to uh, eight pints or whatever and, you know, you're in with a fighting chance because of a long bit of the game but when they go wide it kind of does deflate you more and, look, it's just something we have to learn Um, games... You know, uh, unless you're willing to keep fighting it out and, and, and keep working with the team that you're with, it can, you know, you can kind of get out of it quickly. But, you know, um, clear out just full value for the for win in the end. That there was,
15: I think it was uh, 12 minutes between the first goal and the second goal we didn't score a point at the start of the second half in that period and you know it was probably there you had time to claw it back if we had
9: Yeah and that's where we need to learn like we, we did come out and uh, we did start winning the, the hard ball that we were probably losing in the first half and we put ourselves into, uh, into score and we were driving we, like we had an awful lot of the play in that first 15-20 minutes and, but we just needed to put more of the scoreboard to, to threaten uh, Claire and, and put a bit of doubt in their head but when those scores didn't come you know they were able to regroup and then come back at us and they got some, some, some big scores near, You know, in the last 15 minutes that kind of just kept that gap between them I think the close we got to was maybe 7 points and that's not an awful lot in Harlem but you know um, I suppose we just need to be more clinical you know and that it was similar in Walsh Park we had opportunities
0: Tipperary boss Colin Bonner there after their second defeat in this year's Round Robin series in Munster here's what Kilkenny legend and OTB analyst Tommy Walsh made of it all.
15: Full time here in Turles and uh, Tommy Walsh, it was in you know, a game really that uh, Clare dominated from the off. They did, Stephen. I suppose we all
17: thought maybe the pressure was on Tipperary last week, uh, going up against Waterford. Today it was a whole match for them. They needed to win. All the pressure was on them. And to come out with maybe a fighting spirit that we've we seen last week in, in Welsh Park. But all the fighting spirit today was with Clare. They came, they got the three goals in the first half. They got a couple of lucky breaks. And I think all the damage was okay. done in that first okay. half. In Ferris Joe Gerald Brown took the battle to, to clear in that second half. He scored 1-3. Came on as a sub, I think, for John McGrath near the end of that first half, where John McGrath went off of the, looked like a bad ankle injury. He took the fight to, to clear in the second half. I think the damage was done uh, before half-time. Uh, you know, convincing. We probably could see it, probably Peter and out near the end. Uh, a very convincing win for Clare.
15: Yeah, those goals were huge in the first half. They were huge.
17: And, like, it was all about forwards doing their jobs. The ball came in, John Conlon went in, took a great shot, saved by Young Hogan on the goal but there was Ian Galvin just to, to put the ball in the back of the net. The other one then you could see, you know, they were soloing through again and in comes Peter Duggan bounce, you know, a ball came in, bashing the ball to the net. What good forwards do, they're waiting, waiting for the chance. Ten times, you know, nine times out of ten, that ball goes wide or goes into the back of the net. But that one occasion, you have to be ready. It was twice in in that first half. But the corner forwards doing their job, waiting and waiting, in case the ball comes back out, back into the back of the net. And Goals win games, and they definitely won it here today, Stephen.
15: Yeah, and that start, that energy that Clare brought to it, Tip just didn't have the energy levels to match it.
17: No, and we all kind of, we probably predicted that it would be tough for them to back it up two weeks in a row like they went with all guns blazing last week they gave a powerful performance and sometimes it is tough to back up a big performance when you lose in the end because although we were all you know congratulating them probably Colin Bonner and Tommy Don and the players themselves I'm sure they were bitterly disappointed if they had to got them a couple of goal chances last week there would have been you know a victory there for them in Welsh Park. So, I think they were probably, you know, probably a bit disappointed after losing last week. Um, like, I was trying to pick out players that shunned for Tipperary. There was very few, and I think uh, we heard John Kiley talking about first week. They needed their energy, energy levels, Limerick. He wanted to see Limerick's energy levels last week in their first game against Cork. He got it. Today, probably, we didn't see them energy levels from Tipperary.
15: Do you think the seven day turnaround is just too short, really, with Clare, you know, all guns blazing for this? Yeah, I think that's just the, the
17: nature of the beast, you know, you have to work with what, what you have. And um, there is, we all know, you need a big panel coming through. Like, even see Clare, although they're winning well, they brought on all their subs, you know, who, who did that. You know, they're the, the big physical players, and they're able to bring off one and bring up on an equally as strong a, a fella. So, I talk for, for Clare, Young Hayes, Young Hayes in the corner, he kind of... He showed the character, I thought, of this clear team, right? So I didn't know much about this clear team because a lot of injuries during the league, only from what we've seen last year. But Young Hayes, when he was on the ball, he was calmness personified. When he didn't have the ball, he was attacking, you know? He was a menace. He was tigerish. And there's no corner forward like the mark, mark a lad like that. And that's what's needed in the modern game. You need to be able to calm when you're on the ball, but when you don't have it. You saw every time a temporary forward got the ball, there was three, four clear lads attacking him. And equally you need your forwards attacking the, the defenders. When the temporary defenders got the ball, that's when we seen the power, the passion, the brain, lawn type uh, characteristics of that clear team. And that's what's after making them so consistent. Like, uh, we all thought they were heavily reliant on Tony Kelly. Today, other guys shun. You Galvin scored 1-2. Uh, Peter Duggan scored, I think, 1-3. Young Mounsey scored two points. So they've heroes all over the field. I thought their half-back lane in particular were outstanding for Clare.
15: Yeah, and uh, this championship now, I mean, it's Limerick who are in control. Do you think Clare can match Limerick and Munster?
17: Um, they have Corknex. Massive one for for, for, for Clare. Because I think, like, Clare in a good, you know, they're in a good position now. They're... they're they're in a, you know, it's going to be tougher for Tipperary to come back from today because they have to to play Limerick, I think, in the Gaelic rounds. So, they're fighting really for that second and third. You'd imagine Limerick will come out top. So, I think all the other teams are fighting for the second and third positions. Like, it's not going to be a cakewalk for Waterford either. They're not going to walk into a Munster final or walk into that uh, top three. They're going to have to, you know, go and play a Cork. Waterford are going to have to go and play Cork and they're going to have to play Clare. So, I think Clare are in a, a great position and any team with Brian Lawan involved. They'll have belief and they'll have character, so they'll be afraid of no one. And they have a couple of games in Ennis as well, which, um, you know, nobody likes
15: going down to Ennis to play Clare. So I think it's two in Turles and two in Ennis. It's lovely setup, really, to have, uh, you know, just two grounds when other teams have to go to Walsh Park and places like that.
17: Yes, it is. And um, I presume... They're, they're playing Cork next week. It's here because of, uh, you know, the concert. here here. I'm actually going to it there this evening. <laughs> so I don't mind whether it's in Croker or Parky Cleeve But, yeah, so they have to come down here. So, listen, it's probably a bit of luck that's playing on their sides. But they're kind of... The big players like Peter Duggan, they have... Um, you know, John Conlon's in their back, mixed with their small players, so Turles would suit them, even probably more so than Ennis. So I'd say Brian loan I won't mind coming down to, Ennis, down to Turles here again next week to play Cork. But I would say, Stephen, it'll be a different game against C- Cork because if they start shooting the ball, like, I think the Car crowd now want them to hit the ball in fast after the first two results. There was huge space. We saw both teams today, both Tibrear and Clare, they were playing with two men inside, but the half-back line were going out the field. So there was acres and acres of space. a nightmare for any corner back. So that full-back line for for Clare, they'll have a huge test against a speedy, fast uh, Cork forward line next week here in Tarlis.
15: Yeah, and I mean, Clare looked at a lot of match winners there, though, in Tony Kelly, in Duggan, who really was very difficult for Tip to mark. Kyle Barris was trying it, a few boys were.
17: Yeah, he was influential, very influential, like he finished with a 1-3 but it was the mountain ball he broke down, uh, putting up the hurl, bringing it down. And then the Shane O'Donnell, he got two pints. Mounds, he got two pints. They're coming in around the sides and they're going to pick off the passes to these smaller players and they can do the scoring. Shane O'Donnell, he's usually a kind of a, an assistant, you know, chief assist of that team. But today he was on the ends of them, which is great for him. Usually he used to set up scores. Today he was at the ends of two, uh, them passes and putting the ball over the bar. Tony Kelly getting the ball and he'll score. He finished up, I think, with 1-7 there today. But probably wasn't
15: their, their main forward, which is a, a big positive for Clare. There. So how do you see it shaping up Tommy then with Limerick, Washford, you know, Tip Clare uh, still in the mix and Cork of course?
17: Yeah, I think, you know, unfortunately I think for Reary, listen, they're not out of it, but it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be an uphill battle from, from now, they're, they're finding it hard to score. Like look, Jerry Brown, Brown, Brown scored 1-3, uh, Jason Four scored, you know, maybe 6 or 7 points Series he on freeze as well. but. Barth, there was no one popping up with two pints, three pints. Nobody else in that temporary four so I think they will struggle. Because in today's game, you have to be able to score, you know, high 20s mm. uh, or goals. Now they, they missed a couple of chances, albeit, you know, to two, two goal chances that could have went in another day. So they will struggle. So I think Limerick will go through, Stephen. And I think the other three teams, Cork, Clare and Water, I think it won't be straightforward. I think it'll be a ding-dong battle for the remaining two places between them three teams.
15: And Leinster, Tommy, we saw Dublin and Wexford in action yesterday evening like how do you think all that's going to pan out now
17: yeah well that's a, a big blow for for wexford you know i felt you know t- t- to get into that top three they'd want to be, be beaten dublin now looking at the results we're trying to add the permutations there last night at home it's still not straightforward. like if wexford come you know if they win the remaining two matches versus uh Leach and Westmead, that put them on five points before the final round which is against kilkenny up in nolan park win that and they're up to seven so wexford are uh, no way out of it if they beat kilkenny because they got a point off galway for Kilkenny, it'll be important, it really starts for them now. They've Galway to be up in Salt Hill. If they don't win that, they're under pressure. So, but if they give, if they win that one then, they should be fairly well confident of going through. So, listen, I think there's all... all the, the result last week, I would have said Wexford, I would have said Kilkenny, and I would have said, would have said Galway. But the result last night down Wexford Park just opens up the whole of Leinster. Brilliant, so a lot of hurling to go yet? A lot of hurling to go, answer, isn't it great? <laughs> uh, Limerick still the favourites? Yeah, I think so. I think so. But uh, you know, I think last night it, it, it can be shown. That, like Watford nearly had them. They got the two goals. They had the back to a point or two, and they lost the next. I say three or four positions by trying to run through that green wall, as, the, as they're calling them now. You, can, you don't run through the green wall. You have to play it around them, play it over them, score before you meet them. Uh, don't try and run through them. They tried that last night. Maybe they learn learn the next day. Just when they are strong like that, in together tight you can't run through the, 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 the Limerick defence so I think yeah Limerick are definitely still the favourites but you know it still can be beaten Great stuff thanks Tommy yeah. Thanks Stephen Great stuff
0: And over in the Leinster round Robin Dublin emerged from Chadwick's Park on Saturday night with a huge one point win whilst both Galway and Kilkenny had plenty to spare on Westmead and Leash We'll have a listen to Leash boss Cheddar Plunkett speaking the Midlands after the game in a moment but first here's Brian Cody speaking to KCLR FM
10: Job right. done, Brian. Oh, yeah, look, I mean, obviously the object of next day is to win the game and we won the game. We won it comprehensively, really. And um, overall, i sure we're happy, yeah.
1: Played well.
18: Kilkenny, everything worked right from the start and took their scores well moved while everybody played
1: their part.
10: Oh, yeah, no, look, overall, the attitude was good, first of all, I think, you know, which is key to everything. And the movement, all of that was decent. I mean, like I said, we went out to work hard and work our way into the game. So we did that and that's good
1: they will be happy with the midfield pairing today. They got, uh, I think, about eight points or more between them and, did, and their work rate overall was good. Now, look, they'll meet stronger opposition, but it was good to see
10: that. Oh no, there's no doubt about that. You know, it was good to see it, of course, and it's not so much that they scored eight points, which is, it is very much about to the extent, but the fact that they gave themselves the opportunity to do that, you know. Um, I think we're conscious of the fact, too, that Leash were a shorter number of players, uh, to be fair. And, I mean, the last day of Leach, lost a point I think to Dublin whereas they've lost a few players since that so we we'll be very much keeping the whole team, or keeping our feet in the ground after this
1: Now in terms of going this is obviously Galway will be a much different proposition next week and it'll be a much stiffer test there comfortably winning against uh, Westmead tonight so how have these two games prepared you for the Galway test?
10: Well, look, the first thing the first two games have done is we've got four points from them you know, which is um, absolutely everything really and I mean we've prepared, prepared as for from the whole point of view of getting much practice in that, and I suppose trying to improve our our, our score difference in that so look i mean it 's all systems going out like and we knew this was going to be the case, and um, we know of course that going over to play over next. Next weekend is a serious jump in, in, in the challenge that we're going to face. You've played a number of players now over the last couple of matches and uh, it's given you an opportunity to reflect
1: on your team. Are you happy that you're getting the, uh, the players are giving you the, 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 the challenge to pick the
10: best team now? Are they all putting themselves forward properly? Our look, it's a, a serious challenge. to, to Picking the team is not easy from a good point of view, from the fact that there's um, a lot of um, options there. We're picking from position of strength or panel. I believe our panel is very, very strong and to get there, the 15 that may start from match to match can change. I'm not, I never have been concerned about a, a settled team. I'm more concerned about a settled attitude and a settled spirit and a settled work rate, all that kind of stuff. If we get that right, regardless of the personnel that start different days, I think we'll be competitive. We sent 18 wides today. Uh, now that didn't really matter
1: in the context of today. Is that something you would like to see worked on in training the next week and realistically training is not going to be overly exerted in the next week?
10: Oh, yeah, it's a short turnaround, obviously. Look, I mean, we don't want to be shooting 18 wides, Of course we don't. Um, and some of those were certainly wides that should be thinking should be scores. But that's what happened today. I suppose the fact that we um, had a very, very healthy score as well suggests like how much ball we had. But obviously, um, in tight situations, those wides can cost you.
1: In terms of the games coming in such quick succession, now you get a break after the Galway match, it's, uh, it's really tough on players isn't it? and tough on management as well because you don't get much chance to reflect on training.
10: We're looking at the toughest thing, probably, not, no, probably the toughest thing is players who hit an injury, um, even if pretty much innocuous injury can um, knock you out in the next game. So I'm trying to keep us healthy is the big thing.
18: Brian, uh, just you made four changes for tonight and I said earlier on, the lads all done well. You spoke to Nicky Darboot panel and the whole of how important it is, but I think everybody that was introduced tonight you're obviously happy enough with them also.
10: Yeah, look, they all, they all um, show that they're competitive and that um, they'll be challenging for a place start in the starting 15. Again, we'll have to look at things during the week and see what combination we'll come up with next week and that's a good good position to be in.
1: Brian, young, young Shane Walsh, another of the dynasty from Tulleran. He He's new and he looked good tonight in spots. He
14: young and
10: yeah uh, shane look is a very very good hurler and, and has been a very very important player for the club for the last couple of years like i said he's a young player but shane is is is, is a real good scoring forward Brian, you got tj back for his
7: first start of the year that, that was a,
14: a nice game to ease himself back in we'll say in some ways
10: yeah look obviously he'd been out for a while and that you know it's important that um get game time into him see how he's going and you know um obviously it was very, very important that we do that, and it's, it's good to see that he's still going well. And finally, you, sorry, for,
1: sorry to go ahead,
10: Mark. Can you do the is going at number 11? Yeah, no, the is playing number 11 there since he started the league, and he's very, very settled up there, and he enjoys it up there. He plays a lot up there with the club, so it's not a big move, really, to be, to be honest about it. Then,
1: Matching Wexford Park tonight, Dublin won by a pint, it goes to show the, the, the real competence
10: of this Leinster Championship, despite what anyone would think. Yeah, well, that's what I think the whole time, you know, I've been saying it for a long, long time now. And, you know, Wexford and Parnell Park are so difficult to beat, and Dublin went down and beat them there today, which, you know, was a big, big result for them. But am I amazed? I'm not amazed, because I just say any time you go to play Dublin, obviously or go play Wexford, you just don't know how he going to go.
8: Another defeat. Uh, never easy. Never play, easy place to come. Many would say it's the home of um, and Kilkenny are always ruthless when they smell a bit of blood, and that's what they are. But I think you'd have to be very proud of of your Chargers as well. Uh, yeah. Um,
18: look, it was a tough day. Um, first of all, at the moss, and um, sort of feel for the players um, here, and we probably uh, come in under tough circumstances anyway. Um, uh, but I suppose just, you know, it's a difficult game. I suppose when a game goes like that and the score goes like that, you know, it's difficult to pick different parts out of it then at that stage. Um, I'd probably say for the first 14, 15 minutes, you know, things were good and, and uh, you know, we were very, very competitive around the field, but sort of um, just lost our way a little bit in the game. I think Kenny just got on, we were getting on the brakes and, and that around that stage and, and uh, pushed on. Um, second half, we just hit a lot of wides. Um, but you know the gap was too big at that stage anyway. The result you know, wasn't going to be in doubt at that stage, but I think we hit 12-8 in the second half. Um, and we are quite competitive, it was a very, very strong win in the first half. Um, but, um, you know, I suppose we just have some work to do, obviously, to get back. Um, we're obviously playing Wexford next weekend. Wexford were beaten today in in Wexford, you know. So with a really really competitive game against Dublin last Saturday, and I just don't think we brought that level of energy and competitiveness to the game today. Um, and uh, you know you don't against the Kilkenny's or any of these teams um, to just build up a lead against you, and then it's difficult to pull to pull back against that. But I do need to commend the players here. Um, just everybody knew the, the, the circumstances that were coming here to play this game, um, and uh, thought the lads were really good. I think even. Even the whole second half there, you know, great performance from the full back line uh, just to to hold things out there and really attack the ball on that. Um, So, uh, look, we've just got to put this behind us and and, uh, take it on the chain and move on to next week. Clearly, the game is at home in Port Portlisa as well, um, you know. And clearly, Wexford have to win this match as well. So, so it is a you know a must-win match for both sides.
8: Is that what you're hoping now that the players can bring the energy because they know they have a home game next week? They don't have to go on the road anymore, and it's back to a Moore Park now. Uh,
18: it's, not, it's not necessarily uh, that most, um But look, it's it's obviously you're playing in your own home ground. It's to play a lot of club hurling and all of that in it. Uh, there are you know some advantages that uh, advantages to that, um, and. Um, obviously the, the, the travelling and all of that you don't have to do um, but but it's really I suppose just us raising the energy in our team you know we may not have any of the injured players back next weekend um, so it may very well be you know near enough to the same team that's going to play next week we need to get our energy levels back um, and uh, just get our competitiveness I suppose on 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 the on the brawl, on the you know on the competitive ball, but also on when they have the ball and our tackling that needs to go up, Um, and you know clearly we need to shoot a little bit sharper in that as well. Um, So so look, I I suppose that's what we said in the dressing room here that um, you know we've got to park that and move on and get ourselves ready for next weekend because. These are the type of championships now that we're going to be playing, and it's going to be, it's going to be going every weekend. And you've got to be ready for that.
8: Yeah, and the recovery time is is very quick as well. Like in relation to, when uh, you quit, it's seven days or eight days maybe to the next match because it's on onto Sunday. Like, training wise, you can really do very little, bar maybe video analysis and make sure the players are fresh then for next Sunday. Yeah, that's that's what you're trying to do. And you know we would have done
18: very little this week really because we thought to put in a huge shift last Saturday evening. So it was very little done this week really, um, but it still takes a lot out of players and and. Um, um, you know, there's not much sure we're going to be able to do this week either just keep the team fresh and, and I suppose maybe work mentally a little bit um, about about our approach for next weekend and the importance of the game to us in that.
0: and that Next Sunday, it's Galway Henry Shefflin's Galway up against Kilkenny What a game that will be We'll be back next week with the GE Report right after all the action wraps up on Sunday night we hope you've enjoyed the listen this week and that you'll join us again next Sunday and just a reminder that you'll also find GAA Late Night our brand new GAA Championship phone-in show which is live on Twitter Spaces from 8.30pm every Sunday night. We podcast it straight after here in the OTB GAA feed. Just subscribe and next week, next Sunday if you want to have your say join us on Twitter Spaces just search for us find us request to speak because we want to hear from you.